Uh, here's a, uh, the first line from a story we saw the other day that said, well, we got to pick up the phone and call Dr. Coffee. Here we go. It turns out that drinking a few cups of coffee each day may actually do more than just give you a jolt at work. It might even help you live longer. This was a report on CBS News uh, based on a study published in the European Journal of Preventative Cardiology. And this is talking about the benefits of coffee. Always a pleasure to welcome our Dr. Coffee, Dr. Thomas Merritt from the School of Natural Sciences at my old school, Laurentian University in Sudbury, Ontario, to talk more about caffeine and all that stuff. Dr. Coffee, Thomas, good morning, sir. Welcome back. Good morning, Sterling. It's wonderful to be here. Can, can I counter your, <clears throat> your line with a line from the end of that article? Sure. <clears throat> Excuse me, I've got a frog in my throat. So it starts with you know the the uh, the positive headline, right. and then they quote the author of that study in the the third to last paragraph, and it says our findings indicate that coffee drinking modest amounts of coffee should not be discouraged, and <clears throat> I think that contrast is a really wonderful contrast between the people who write the headlines, right, right, exactly, and the people who actually do the science. You know, we've we've talked about this before. Coffee's great. I, I've got a cup of coffee in my hand right right now, and so it's do we three as well. Mm-hmm. There you go. It's not even my first cup of coffee of the day. Uh, I I do completely buy into the point that that this article makes over and over. Modest amounts of coffee. You know, two or three cups of coffee. That's that's a really lovely way to to think about your day. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the the study shows that there are these differences in in lifespan that are associated with coffee. Um, it's not telling. You know, one of the <clears throat> one of the articles that we chatted about before, the author literally came out and said, "I'm not going to tell people to, to go drink coffee, but if you're drinking coffee, I'm not going to tell you it's bad for you." Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and, and coffee, of course, has had this very colorful history in recent years, Thomas, about uh, it has had its good moments and its bad moments. Now, as it turns out, uh, the headline uh, reflects uh, uh, the current m- a mood or mode regarding coffee. It is considered largely now by most to be okay or even good for you. But you will remember vividly, I'm sure, more than a few occasions when coffee got a real bad rap worldwide. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and, and I think it, you know, compl- coffee is a complicated beverage. That's one of the reasons that, that we drink it. Um, but I think the punchline that seems to come out over and over again is it's really not too bad for you. Mm-hmm. Um, what, one of the really great things about this study, and, and this point has, has popped up before, whatever is going on with coffee, it's not just caffeine. Um, and it, it's, that's a really important point to, to think about. Coffee is a complex beverage. Mm. There are literally thousands of, of molecules in the cup of coffee that I'm sipping. Um, and, and potentially hundreds of those are having an impact on our biology. Caffeine is the one that we think of <clears throat> because literally that is the reason that we drink coffee. Right? It, it's the, there are lots of really tasty beverages out there. There are not many of them that help you wake up. Uh, tea and coffee are the most popular beverages in the world because of caffeine yeah. and that wake up that comes with, with drinking both of those. Whatever is going on with coffee and health, it's likely that it's caffeine and other things. Um, there are these molecules called cholinergic acids um, that have received a lot of interest. And, and there may be some, some real health effects of these kind of molecules and other things that we call antioxidants. I was just going to say antioxidants. That's right. Now that, you, you, you pointed that out in the past, uh, Thomas, about uh, the, the antioxidant ca- capacity uh, that coffee has. What does that mean, antioxidants, and how, where is it in coffee? 
Yeah, it's a really great question. And so the part of the answer is we're not entirely sure. It may be the cholinergic acids. It may be other molecules in, in the coffee. Basically, antioxidants are natural molecules that help uh, sort of scrub, clean the, the cells, clean your body. Okay. Uh, and they, that's that's completely legitimate. I mean, they, we, we know that antioxidants are a thing. Your, your body actually produces them. Uh, you can boost levels through diet. It may be that some of the, these associations with coffee are being driven by these antioxidants. The, the punchline, though, is that there are better ways to get antioxidants. If, if you are concerned about antioxidants in your diet, ha- have a cup of blueberries. Oh. Um, they're amazing for antioxidants. Um, if you're concerned about your cup of coffee, you probably don't have to be. It's not hurting you, but it's not the best way to, to get a healthy diet. It's just not part of, of an unhealthy diet. Interesting. Now, you and I have talked about decaffeinated coffee, which you tend to drink a lot more than I do. I don't touch the stuff. But <laughs> um, but in terms of antioxidants and those other compounds and potential benefits contained therein, if you drink decaffeinated coffee, Dr. Coffee, are any of those other benefits diminished because there's no caffeine? They're not diminished because there's no caffeine. They may be changed because decaffeination does absolutely change coffee. Uh, the way that we make decaffeinated coffee is better now than it, than it ever has been. Uh, and so there are fewer changes out there. We can't say that, that the, the antioxidants won't be changed, but they'll be changed less. One of the, study, one of the, the findings of the study that, that you were uh, referring to, the, the associations that they find they find in caffeinated coffee and decaffeinated coffee. Okay. So that health benefit potential uh, is not driven by, by the caffeine. Um, and it, it actually reminded me of a study that I read a few years ago, and I went and looked up again this morning. Um, and they were, in that study, they were comparing uh, espresso and filtered coffee. So whether the coffee actually went through a paper filter. Mm-hmm. And really strikingly, they found differences. So... Whatever is going on with coffee, those paper filters can actually take some of it out. And so if there is a health benefit of coffee, there may be a greater benefit to drinking coffee like espresso uh, that doesn't get filtered versus coffee that, that runs through a paper filter. Uh, so I, I literally will tell you I'm holding a, a cup of espresso in my hand now, but I had a filtered coffee this morning. So I'm, I'm hedging my bets. Ah, okay. Here's another quote from that CBS story we started off the conversation with. Quote, one 2018 study found that over a 10-year period, coffee drinkers were l- roughly 10 to 15% less likely to die than those who didn't drink coffee. Another published last year found that drinking three to four cups of coffee, regardless of whether it's caffeinated, reduces the risk of developing and dying from chronic liver disease. More and more, as time goes on, Dr. Merritt, uh, uh, we find more and more benefits and we're more able to define them more clearly. This is all good, isn't it? It's not bad. And, and I, I want to contrast those two studies that, that, that you just mentioned. Uh, the first one clearly says there's an association, and the second one says there's a cause. Mm-hmm. And I, I will tell you that the scientists didn't say there was a cause. The scientists said there was an association. And people who drink coffee do other things. Um, and people who study people who do things try to tease this out. Um, so early on, there were a lot of confounding studies, and a lot of the negative press that coffee got was because coffee drinkers tended to be smokers. And the negative effects of coffee, we, we now know we're te- when we sort of tease those two apart, were actually negative effects of smoking, not negative effects of coffee. Right, okay. So, you know, when, when we do these kind of studies, <clears throat> we very clearly factor out things like um, excessive alcohol use, smoking, uh, you know, div- 
complicated diets, diabetes, that kind of stuff. Um, but we're not perfect. And, and the studies do a very good job of teasing things apart, but they can't always pull everything out. So there may be health benefits of coffee. It may be that there's other things that coffee drinkers do that also reduce the incidence of things like colon cancer is one of the one of the uh, diseases that pops up fairly regularly that coffee drinking seems to be associated with a lower risk of colon cancer interesting uh, but colon cancer is itself is super complicated and and different people have very different susceptibility to that cancer as they do to every cancer. But as you point out, Thomas, moderation is the key to all of this. I mean, as the old cliche goes, too much of even a really good thing is still too much. And oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, so, again, uh, coffee is, is not the inexpensive cure-all <laughs> that, that you could drink 12 cups of it before lunch and another 12 before supper and really be a healthy individual. Chances are it's a bit over the top, right? Yeah, I would say that's over the top. You know, have a couple of cups of coffee in the morning, maybe that cup of coffee after lunch. Uh, but moderation is definitely the name of the game. All right. Uh, Dr. Thomas Merritt, always a pleasure, sir. We do appreciate your, your input into our show, and it's always fun to have you back. We look forward to our next opportunity already. Great to chat with you, Sterling. Take care. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.